Alright, we ready to wing this shit? Always. One day we'll get organized. <laughs> one, one day one we'll, day we'll be organized. That day is not today. It's not today <laughs> and it won't be next week. And in three, two, do you want to look up? Because we're actually on camera this time. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the team raw podcast where we do our three favorite things talk a little bit of booze a little bit of beer and a whole lot of basketball e and the tall guy welcome back tall guy are back with you with another episode and edison out of uh southern california is joining us again back-to-back episodes welcome back edison thanks for having me uh back-to-back episodes i guess that means i'm doing something right even though my predictions weren't right but you know hey i guess i'll, I'll take something over nothing yeah, we butchered those. If you anyone <laughs> the last uh, last week's podcast, don't don't go by what don't take what anything we say to Vegas. Just don't. It's not a good idea. Also, it's, Edward, it's really not. It's really not. I, the only time I've been in Vegas, I me and my old roommate, we threw down a bet on Virginia against. No, we threw down a bet on Purdue against Virginia. March Madness and Purdue went up. It was that game with Kyle Guy and uh, who's the, who's on the Celtics now? Carson Edwards. And they, we threw down a bet. We're like, hey, and I was like, they're up nine. This game's over. Virginia comes back and wins in overtime. So don't take anything I say to Vegas this for your own good. No better advertisement for our podcast. <laughs> saying, don't listen to a word we say. Just don't. It's a waste of time. Yeah, but Ed, if you keep joining us, we're going to have to get you a nickname at some point. Everyone on the podcast has a nickname. So anyone listening and knows Edison, comment a nickname on our next social media. <laughs> Anything that you want, you want Edison to be called. We're, we're, we're outsourcing your nickname here, man. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> outsourcing. You know, it's nice. I feel like I'm the guest right now. You got, Yeah, you guys are the recurring guys, and I'm just the one that gets to show up. It's kind of nice. Oh, All the pressure's on. off now. Uh, well, we've got a jam-packed podcast for you today. We say it every time, but a lot has happened in the NBA since we've last joined you a week ago. Oh, and Unfortunately, we've got some unfortunate business to unpack today, which is something that is a hot topic in the NBA right now, which is injuries. And they have taken their toll on star players, role player. Every player is dealing with injuries almost every season, but star players this year have really been hit with the injury bug. And we'll break that down a little bit, especially in the playoffs this podcast. Yeah, it's one of the unfortunate truths of watching sports and especially this post COVID season, that has been one of the biggest narratives. And so we're just going to dive into that and talk about all this stuff and how it's been affecting the playoffs and who our potential champion is going to be. But before we get into all of that, oh, I miss those words. <laughs> I got to witness it live before we do finger in the air. And Koozies are coming by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're working on uh, it. I, we have found <laughs> a potential distributor. Koozies are in the works. <laughs> So if anyone's a graphic designer, let cool. me know because we need some uh need some, we help. need some help in that department to get these koozies done. But yes. I'm very excited. I'm gonna have like a koozie for every single podcast going forward. <laughs> gonna be my thing. Um, but tonight, the fellas, we are drinking margaritas. Good old fashioned margaritas. Good old today. fashioned margaritas. That's right. That's right. The and only the, thing I will drink yeah. with tequila. <laughs> that is fair. I actually have started drinking tequila like by itself with lime. Just like a little like squirt of lime. You chose violence. Yeah, yeah it couldn't be me. <laughs> woke up Could not be me. Violence. <laughs> that is not okay. My roommate's been getting really good tequila, and I I don't have a lot of mixers for tequila. It's like I'm not gonna put coke in tequila or whatever. So I was like, oh, I got limes. Let me. 
Let me put a little lime in it, and it's actually it's not that bad when you have the good stuff. <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> I have I have no words. I have I have no words. You love uh, Coke and tequila, but yes, <laughs> Mitch out here not drinking tequila and lime because who does that? I will say, um, my girlfriend drinks tequila on the rocks. Yeah, and that is just like it. wild to me. I don't understand it. This is the only like Edison. This is kind of the only thing I can muster down with tequila in it. Um, Maybe if I'm feeling dangerous, a tequila sunrise mm-hmm. or something like Ooh, that. Oh yeah, uh, I'll make an exception for that. And then too. if if we're going for you know something other than taste, I will be searching for tequila shots. <laughs> you know if I'm drinking for something <laughs> other than taste. Ranch waters are pretty popular these days. They, those got tequila. <sighs> those in don't them. do it for me. They don't. They don't they do they it really for you. Don't. They're very no. popular. <laughs> I want to. Very don't popular. get me wrong. I want. I want. I want them. Did you say ranch me. water? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forget you're not from Texas. See, like I, I South, have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, in the South, they become super popular. And there's kind of like two versions of it. One is like a seltzer that you can just buy from 7-Eleven. And then the other is like actually a tequila mixed drink. It's like tequila okay. and like soda water. Think okay. of like a white claw, but with tequila. Oh, okay. okay. They're dangerous. They are. They're, they're, very, they're, they're sounds very like dangerous. it. Anyways, <laughs> off topic already. Get what? What is a margarita? Why are we drinking this? All right, so... Margaritas, obviously, like some of the most favorite drinks around the world. Um, here's the history that goes behind it. And this comes from wineenthusiast.com. So super reputable super, when it comes to margaritas. <laughs> so surely they know what they're talking about when it comes to margaritas. Um, take what we say and take it to Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah bet on it. Like All right, the NBA so, finals foretold by a Clippers fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I guessed on the Bucks. Which, but the honest news is margaritas. Like a, margaritas. Get, get into sorry, margaritas. Sorry, sorry. We've had a long day of drinking getting into this. So here we go. Oh All right. God. So one story claims that the drink was created in 1938 as Mexican restaurant owner Carlos Carlos Danny Herrera mixed it for gorgeous Zyfield showgirl Mar- Marjorie King. Supposedly, tequila was the only alcohol that King would abide by. And then he added lime juice and salt. Other claims is that Texas socialite Margaret Sames, aka Margarita, Mixed the first drink at a house party in Mexico in Mexico during 1948, or maybe was named for the actress Rita Hayworth, whose real name was Margarita Casino during a gig in Tijuana. In this book, in some guy's book, Mbibe, cocktail historian David Wonrich agrees that the margarita was invented during the above time frame. He says that the drink evolved from the day from the Daisy, which is like its own drink. A classic cocktail popular at the time that mixed alcohol, citrus juice, grenadine, and served over ice. And it kind of like, he keeps talking about how it eventually turned from that. And then they, instead of putting like uh, the grenadine, they then started putting orange liqueur in it. And then after the orange liqueur, then they started putting the lime juice and agave in it. And it's actually one of the first restaurants ever did the mixed or the blended margarita, like a frozen margarita was in Dallas. I love that. I'm actually kind of surprised we are. I'm actually kind of surprised. That's a lot newer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I th- I would think the margarita would be a lot older than goes way back. Than but like, no. Yeah, I thought it would go like way way back. But 1900 seems relatively new to me. Yeah, kind of like 1930s and on too. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, it feels like, like one of those things that's just like stood the test of time or been as old as time. Whatever yeah, the saying is, right? But- well, and, and that's that, interesting. I mean, tequila is hard enough to drink on its own. I would think that people have been trying to mask that for longer than, you know, what, 
90 years. I feel like we're smarter than this, people. No, like, they were on. just going hard in Mexico before. Just Humanity! Warm, Stop <laughs> drinking tequila without tequila. sugar of some kind in there. <laughs> what are we doing? Gotta have the sugar. Sugar's a must. I mean, you gotta cut the gasoline taste. I mean, okay, I will say that if you're paying, like, high-end tequila, tequila can be really good. And that's why people are starting to, like, sip it a little bit more. Love margaritas. We're going to bring tequila in more often. Oh, my God. Just to kill you. Oh, my God. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be busy those days. So I'm yeah. just wrapping my mind around whiskey. <laughs> I am just now getting around whiskey. We're going to throw another thing in. Speaking of injuries, like me being injured of drinking too much tequila... Injuries have been taken over, you know, the NBA as of late. And uh, it's really unfortunate how much this, especially the postseason, has really been impacted by injuries. You could pick any team in the NBA, and one of their stars has been kind of injured at some point. It's kind of wild. I mean, you had the Lakers, Edison's Lakers, definitely ruined by injury. The the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Giannis Antetokounmpo, we were recording this Tuesday night right after the Hawks um, – Bucks game, a game where Giannis went out with injury, a hyperextended knee, did not return to the game. Trey Young was out with a bone bruise. Both stars did not play tonight. I mean, you've had all sorts of injuries throughout the entire playoffs. Just completely, and Bede's been hobbled. Like, just a ton of players. Jalen Brown, out the entire playoffs. The the net situation. Every single team has dealt with injuries this year, and it's more so than any NBA season I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. And I, I would argue that it might be the most injury-riddled season of all time. Yeah. A, uh, a seamless transition there, Ethan. Seamless transition. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I would you know say that's probably pretty right on point. It's almost like giving guys 76 days of an offseason was a bad idea. You know, like, wow, who foresaw that coming? Um, all these soft tissue injuries that we've seen with Kyrie, with Anthony Davis, with um jamal murray like all these things are because of fatigue like yeah i mean of course these are world-class athletes they take care of their bodies i mean i'm pretty sure lebron james has been on record saying he spends over a million dollars a year just keeping his body in shape but i mean it's asking a lot of these guys even though they are world-class athletes it's asking a lot of them to end a season take 76 days off and then pick right back up at a hundred percent, you know, 76 days later. And it's just, it's asking a lot. And anybody who knows like how these soft injury issues and injuries work would not be surprised by this at all. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a combination of the short off season and it's all those soft tissue injuries. Like you're talking about, like when people are tearing their ACLs and like messing up their knees and stuff like that, it's horrible. But then we've also had a lot of those just crazy fluke injuries like Giannis tonight, just hyperextending his knee. And it's just been a bad combination of the wear and tear throughout the regular season. And then also just a lot of bad luck for a lot of really strong guys who typically can go through an entire season without getting hurt. Um, you see everyone is kind of going down this year and it really sucks because it's creating this narrative now for the playoffs that it doesn't really feel like it's the best team that's winning the championship, but it's the most healthy team that's winning the championship, which I think sucks because whoever ends up winning is going to kind of get that, like a little bit of an asterisk next to their name. Yeah, I would agree. Like it's definitely every 
team has dealt with injury, like I said, but it, it, it has definitely come down to the healthiest team versus the most talented team because, and you can argue the two most talented teams in the NBA this year, the Lakers and the Nets would arguably the favorites going in the, the most talented teams um, are out. And it, it, it's because of injury. I mean, I mean, you have a ton of different players being hurt, but like those two teams heavily impacted the Nuggets, you know, being bounced in the what second round because of injury. I mean, if they have Jamal Murray, I think they go farther. I think everyone thinks they go farther. I mean, the Kawhi went with the Clippers. The Clippers are fighting hard right now against the Suns, but I don't, if they have Kawhi, I don't know if this is much of a series. I mean, Chris Paul being in and out with injury, missing a couple of games. You have, you know, the Nets just absolutely being decimated. It's, it's very um, sad to see that it's come down to who is the most um, healthy to, to end the year. Um, I'm going to pose a question to you guys. Which team do you think has been most affected by injuries so far this year? I'll let Edison start. Um, and, and why do you think that is? Hmm. Um, I mean, that's a tough question. Uh, you can look at that in a lot of different ways and, you know, amount of time missed or key players missed, like, or who missed when. Um, and I know I'm going to sound like a Homer, but I mean, I got I got to say the Lakers. I, that's just who, that's just what I feel. That's just what I feel. I mean, I, I watched oh, some wow. of these games. I watched some of these games, man. And I'm just like <sighs> a healthy Lakers team just runs through these playoffs. Like they just do. I, it's, it's hard to say when I think that the, I think that the Lakers had the most value taken from them by injuries, missing Anthony Davis for an extended stretch and again in the playoffs, missing LeBron for um, a, a longer stretch in his career than he's ever missed. And with some of that time being overlapped and, you know, when before they got hurt, they were cruising, cruising towards the top of, of the standings. And then all of a sudden, uh, Braun goes down, AD goes down, um, AD goes down again, and we're fighting. We're in the play-in all of a sudden. Like we, we go from fighting for a one seed to let's just not be the eighth seed. Like let's at least have home court in the play-in game, right? So it's it's hard to say. I don't think we've been – we definitely haven't had the most injuries, um, but if we're going to go ahead and talk about the most value taken by injuries, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find – a team other than the Lakers that lost more value due to injuries this year. I think that that's totally fair. You know, the, the Lakers started off the season where everyone kind of just assumed that they were going to win the championship or if anyone was going to challenge them, it was going to be those Brooklyn nets. Um, and then all of a sudden the Lakers go down with some injuries and they're just sliding down the rankings and they look all- pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. So, you can like you can team. say it how it is. I know you want to. You're a Blazers <laughs> fan. They looked pedestrian. Yeah, they looked like a normal team. It wasn't a, it wasn't the same Lakers that you were fearing going into the playoffs last year in the bubble. I mean, teams were like tanking to avoid the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, the which Clippers, I thought was hilarious. By the way, I mean, but, they, yeah, that's teams another were story. tanking to avoid the Lakers um, and just not be on their side of the bracket. You know, aka the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Nuggets did it a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, multiple teams just trying to avoid them. And I mean, they, they had every right to the Lakers are scary, but without LeBron, I mean, the, they're basically, you know, 
the 17 Pelicans. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. <laughs> and then without AD, they're basically the, what, 2019 Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I still think that the Lakers had a better roster than what you guys showed at the end of the season. Like you kind of just started falling apart at the, at the seams a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say the other team that's really easy to mention, which is the Brooklyn Nets. And that is like, they, they still ended up as a two seed. They still ended up going to the second round and they still pushed uh, the bucks and almost won that series. Right. Well, they, we didn't ever really see more than I think eight games of all three of the guys playing together at the same time. So we have no idea what that team actually looks like when you have Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant all on the squad, all on the floor at the exact same time. And maybe that's an all-time team. Like maybe that's a team that almost nobody can beat, and it's impossible to tell. And it's it sucks to you know it sucks to go through this. But I also would pose the argument that every season it's arguably who is the healthiest team down the stretch. Cause even go back to like the Toronto, when the Toronto Raptors won, they probably don't win if Kevin Durant isn't hurt or if Clay Thompson isn't hurt, you know, like a lot of the series that it like when LeBron James lost to the Warriors several times was because either Kyrie or Kevin Love was going down. A lot of the time when it gets down to the nitty gritty in the finals, it's a lot because who is still healthy, who still has their stars. Yeah. That's completely I, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that a little bit, but I mean, I don't think we've seen a league wide injury bug like we've seen this year. I mean, again, I, like I said earlier, every team you can look, and if it's not their best player, it's their second best player, has at least missed some significant amount of time. I mean, your Portland Trailblazers prime example, CJ and Nurk, both dealing with heavy injuries. You know, my, my Mavs, KP, being in and out of the lineup and also just, you know, being a bitch. But uh, a ton <laughs> of other teams just, just really, really struggling with the injury bug. I mean... I'm going to say a team that's, in my opinion, the team that's been most hurt by the injury bug, a team that's still in it, the team that knocked the Mavs out, the Clippers. I mean, if they have Kawhi Leonard, they're probably the title favorites at this point. Um, and yes, they're hanging in there without Kawhi, but if they have Kawhi Leonard, I'm picking them against anybody. I know a lot of people had them winning the whole thing before Kawhi got hurt, and they're still alive. But I mean, you're taking a top five at least player off the court. I mean, for like an injury that they're being kind of weird about, right? You know, they, they, they haven't said it's a torn ACL. They've said it's an ACL sprain, which is code for they're either hiding it or they don't know, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just having him not on the floor has brought the best out of playoff P, but it has not brought the best out of the Clippers, right? Payoff P has played a lot better, but the Clippers are at their best when they have the claw when they have both of them on the yeah. floor. Yeah, I think that's a completely fair statement to make. Um, I do think that, you know, like you said, playoff P has kind of avenged. I don't think he's completely avenged anything just yet. But with that being said, all of the, you know, layoff P, way off P, pandemic P, like anything you want to throw out there. I mean, you can't deny the fact that he has been playing to the level that people expected him to be playing when he first signed with the Clippers. I mean, he he's now like, I don't necessarily see anything different in his game because I feel like he was playing this way in the bubble. Those shots just weren't falling. You know what I mean? Like he was still, he was still taking them. It wasn't like he ever like 
stop hucking up shots. You know, like it's not like what I saw, he ever lost confidence. I mean, sure, he probably did, but he was still, you know, getting to his spots, taking his shots, everything that he wanted. Now they're just, now they're falling, right? And it's exactly when the Clippers need them to be falling, when they're without, you know, uh, his Batman, right? Because I don't think anybody's going to say that uh, he is Batman to Kawhi's Robin, right? But now that Batman's out, Robin's got to step up, and he did. And he has been, and he's been playing well. But like Ethan said, if they also have Kawhi Leonard, it's hard to imagine a team if with especially Kawhi Leonard also playing like back to the level that people were expecting of him. They both have had a resurgence this year. And um, yeah, it, it would be tough to see them going out uh, if they if both of them were healthy. I think that's a completely fair statement to make. Yeah, and, and, and going off on... Uh... Paul George's game. I mean, last night was incredible. Just a short tangent here. I mean, 41 points, a career high, 13 rebounds, six assists, just like crazy good numbers. I mean, played super well. Some guys on both just, sides of the ball. Yeah. It, it, as you said, very good defense. Um, some guys just thrive in being the, in that number one role. And I think Paul George might be one of those guys where he just thrives in the team needing to rely on him. And some guys just struggle being a number two, you know, just like some guys struggle being like the, the number one option and just need a Batman to their Robin. Some guys just personally play better when, when the, the offense is running through them and when the, the ball's in their hands, most of the time, it's almost less pressure. Like when you're a guy like Paul George and you're used to being the, like all those years, with the Pacers, like he's the guy and it's like, he's expected to go out and be the guy, but all of a sudden when you're the number two option, it's like you have to hit your shots and you're hitting your shots off of someone else as opposed to like going in and like getting to your spots. And like, like you were saying, like Paul George last year was still doing the same thing. He's kind of doing this year. He's just, but uh, it's just sometimes there, it actually is more pressure being the number two guy because you have to play well next to him. Like you got to hit your open shots or else it looks worse. Right. When you're the number one guy and you're taking these really hard shots and they don't go and you're like, ah, oh, it's okay. You're still our guy. Like keep putting them up. But, and I think that you're seeing that a little bit with Paul George now without Kawhi Leonard. To me, he's just such an enigma where his good looks amazing. Like when he's at his best, like he is arguably the MVP of the, of the league. Like we saw him be the number one MVP candidate when he was with the Thunder. And then when his bad is really, really bad, it's, it's him hitting the side of backboards. It's him missing crunch time free throws. It's him throwing like inbounding the ball off the back of like Zubach and almost losing it down the stretch. It's like when he's horrible, it's like, or when he's bad, it just looks really, really bad. But then when he's amazing, he makes some of the craziest shots I've seen. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, Let's let's get back into injuries because before uh, but I was going to say yeah, yeah, on, go, on go, that injury go. on that injury trend I was going to say one other team um I'll say if we're going to kind of deviate from the norm here that I think would have an argument for most like injured would be a team we never got to see fully healthy in that being the Golden State Warriors very just good thinking point. that very I mean, good point I mean w- w- at least with those other teams that we mentioned right I mean even though Brooklyn was only like 8 games the Lakers played most of their season uh, fully healthy, or at least the first half of their season and then kind of limped into the playoffs. Uh, The Clippers, kind of the same story, you know, healthy most of the season. Now a big injury hits and it's a problem. 
in the case of the Warriors, Clay Thompson went down before the season even started, right? And it turned into uh, Stephen Curry. Like everybody always calls the Warriors the Stephen Curry show. Well, they quite literally were the Stephen Curry show. They went as far as he took them, right? And it just goes to show that like basketball is a team game. You need more than just one guy. I mean, it's, it's hard a- anybody. I mean, you need at least a Robin, at least a Robin to help get you in those, you know, crucial moments uh, to pick you up when you're having an off game. When Steph Curry was having an off game, there was no one to pick him up, right? He, if once, he was down, the Warriors were down. Especially once James Mo- Wiseman went down as well. Yeah. I mean, was he having the greatest rookie season ever? No. no but he even, at least offered them something, right? Something that another player, like something they had to guard, at least something that – teams had to kind of game plan around a little bit. Once Something he, they had to respect. Yes. And once he went down, Steph was on his own, especially once Draymond gave up shooting as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just gave up the any sort of shooting. So, it, it, yes, I would agree. The Warriors are um, definitely a team that really, really, really uh, got bit by the injury bug this year. And it kind of leads me to my next question that I want to pose to you guys. Um what team do you think looking forward into next year? Like, let's put the playoffs on the back burner for half a second here. Looking forward into next year is most excited to get their players back. Like, what team are you? Are they? Are they? The fans are just like, all right. Well, when we get our guys back next year, it's on. Like, we've got our team now. Now we're good to go. Yeah, I'll give it to Mitch this time. I'll say, Mitch, you want to go first this time? Yeah, I feel like. I'm going to go, keep going on with the Warriors thing. Uh, yeah. Like, when, I mean, I feel like they've been talking about it for a while with the Clay Thompson thing for the last two years. It's like, hey, like once we're back, once we're healthy, you better watch out because we're still the Warriors. Right. Like, we're still that team that ran the league for half a decade. And once they do finally get Clay Thompson back, then maybe they do go back to being that team. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're actually past their prime and it's just not going to look the same thing without the other pieces, the – Harrison Barnes, Kevin Durant, Sean Livingston's, the other guys that built that Iguodala's. team. Yeah, the Iguodalas that yeah. actually were a, like a major pieces to that team. And maybe they do go back to being amazing top two, three seed and having a chance at a championship. I think that the Clay Thompson thing is probably one of the biggest ads for a team because, like you said, we don't know what they actually look like yet. Yeah, and, and, and kind I of going off that shows... for Sorry, going off that for a quick second. I mean. That's a team that me at what going to Edison and I talked about last podcast. Um, they have two lottery picks, right? Um, that is just very, very, very important. Are we good? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to say exactly um, just how much that would have changed their entire season. Um, and I do think that those two lottery picks are going to be big, but. All of this to say, I think that it just shows that Clay Thompson and his value, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, were criminally underrated when talking about Warriors teams of the past. I mean, everybody like, oh, who's the most valuable Warrior to that team? Is it Steph? Is it KD? Like, is it some people were even saying Draymond over, you know, Clay? And like, I, all I'm saying is, he is a more valuable cog in that machine than people ever give him credit for. Yeah, definitely, definitely underrated. Ed, what, what team are you looking at? The team that I would be looking at um, is somebody who's kind of in the same boat, 
And I think you're going to like this answer, although, well, you might disagree with it, but I think it's your Mavs. If, if you can get KP back to a level of the guy you traded for and not a hobbled version of himself, I mean, him and Luca are as dominant, uh, potentially dominant as any one-two punch you can put out there. Yeah, I mean, I... I would don't get me wrong. I would love to have KP back healthy and, you know, a part of this team and willing to buy in. I, I, and this is a whole nother point podcast that we could talk about. I don't, I think there are deeper issues in Dallas than just on the court fit. Um, that I think, well, that's apparent. Yeah. That they need to address that being said, if KP can find a way to get back healthy, he is a very good player. I think a top five power forward in the NBA. I, think I mean, you wouldn't have traded for him if not, you know, if that wasn't the case, right? It's absolutely it not. Like no. you haven't seen much of that guy that you traded for in your own uniform, right? Like it's it's been hard to come by. He's just been hurt all the time. I mean, it, it's the tale as old as time. Big men with knee injuries. Yeah. It, I mean, it, the Blazers fan here knows. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. Big yeah. men with knee injuries. They just they they never come back the way you want them to. And it's sad and it's a bummer. And and honestly, KP had a career year offensively this year. People don't know that. He averaged career highs in all three major categories. Um, really? Yes. But his defensive ability just made him almost unplayable yeah. towards the end. And his shot selection and his IQ, not necessarily IQ, but like his basketball awareness just isn't where it needs to be to where like he takes shots that it's like, in the time and place just aren't necessarily think like Luca could be rolling, hit three threes in a row. Luca will give him the ball for like a pass back to like do a step back and he'll turn this turn around long two, but he doesn't fade away. He just turns and tries to shoot over. It's a whole thing. Again, I think there's deeper issues in Dallas than just his knees. That being said, I, I do think his knees are an issue. Um, but yes, if he were to get back to that point, I, I am very confident in the Mavericks. As you should be. Yeah. Um, my team, I would think, and this is another, I guess I'm going with another Western Conference team. I, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I think mm. Jamal Murray is the heart and soul. As much as Jokic, the MVP this year is amazing. Let's let's not shortchange him. He's amazing, right? Greatest, play, best player in the league this year, MVP. I mean, uh, uh, just generational talent but jamal murray is the grit and grind heart and soul of that team and i mean he is arguably maybe the most important robin in the nba right now because that team became a shell of itself yes they won some games at the end of the regular season and yes they pushed the blazers or they beat the blazers but i mean without murray they their whole idea of like we're going to win a championship vanished right like once he went down that they were like, all right, well, let's see how far we can go without him. It wasn't like, but before that they were like, we could win the whole thing this year. We can win the whole damn thing with this roster, with this team. We can do the whole, we can win the whole thing. He goes down. It's like, well, season's kind of a wash. Let's see how we, far we can go without him. And to me that, that is the a big thing where like, if he comes back and he's healthy, it's like, all right, well, we've got our guy back. Let's go. I will say that. Jamal Murray's value really takes place come playoffs. I think that as long as you have Nikola Jokic on your team, you're going to be a top five seed regardless. And when 
I, I said this before, but like when Murray went down, I was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually hit an uptick because I think that Porter really is that good. Like he, I think he's a, could be a potential superstar in the league. And uh, he was definitely showing a lot of that throughout the season. But what you came to saw come playoffs when the game slows down and you need guys to go get buckets, Porter couldn't really create on his own. And Jokic isn't much of a creator for himself. And that's where Jamal Murray comes in and is such a key aspect to them is when it come when come playoffs, he is your guy that you kind of rely on in the fourth quarter. Like, please go find us a bucket. Like, please just beat your guy and help us get there. Because Jokic, as amazing as he is, is more predicated on opening the floor up for other people where Murray is predicated toward opening the floor up for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that I think that's that's a good point. Um, I'll, I'll make it quick, but yeah, no, no, you're good. I think that's a good point um, for, for all the analytics and all for, for all these statistics heads that are like, Oh, you know, three points are dunks, like three pointers are dunks. Like that's it. Like don't take anything else. Anything else is a bad shot. That just, that might be true of the regular season, but that just goes to show you like how different the playoffs can be. Because if you don't have that guy that can go and get you a bucket from anywhere on the floor, mid range, pull up elbow jumper, three pointer, you know, attack in the rack, like anything like that, you're not getting very far. And for the Nuggets, like you said, Jamal Murray is that guy. He can go, he can create his own shot from anywhere on the floor. He can get you a bucket when you're in a rut. And that's a very, very valuable and maybe even like, like I said, analytically underrated, like uh, part of playoff basketball. If you don't have that, you're just you're not going very far. All right, so that wraps up our injury talk. Let's revisit these margs. I know we're not drinking the same margs. We didn't really go into like what we were going to drink margarita wise. I know you and I, Mitch, are drinking um, El Himador. Yeah, El Himador with and generic generic marg mix <laughs> from Kroger, I believe, or maybe Tom yeah. Thumb for those who are in the Texas area and know their. Uh, I guess they're what grocery stores. <laughs> you know your grocery stores. Specific you know your it has a black label on it. <laughs> it's yellow and it's real sweet. What do you yeah. have going on over there? Um, I was gonna say that was one thing we kind of ran into issue wise of like, oh, let's do a craft beer. Oh, you don't have California craft beer in Texas? Well, yeah, I don't have Texas craft beer in California. What are you talking about? Um, so yeah, I did not have time to make my own margs before this, but thankfully Cutwater has these little mixed drinks in cans. And one of them that they do, they're based out of San Diego is a margarita. So, uh, I went to the store, I grabbed it cause it was cheaper than buying mix and tequila and poured it over a glass of ice that I guess you can hear periodically when I take a sip. So <laughs> hopefully it's just part of my ASMR trend, I guess, you know? Yeah, Ed's going to be the ASMR guy. All right, so for those listening that have made it this far in the podcast, first of all, that's off to you. You've made it about 35 minutes. Well done. And also, you now know that we are only accepting answers for Edison's nickname when you you comment about it, ASMR themed. (laughs) So ASM Edison out here needs a nickname. ASM Edison, <laughs> and we may or may not oh, it. ASM Edison. Oh <laughs> um, goodness, might, might be here. Um, but yes, there is 
a million different ways to make a margarita. So we can't really break down the taste, but we can kind of break down that the fact that there are so many different ways and the different ways that you can make a margarita. So Mitch, what, what do you look for in a margarita? Oof. What do I look for? Uh, I want a lot of tequila in it. It's the first thing. (laughs) If you could just like, (laughs) I love a good, strong pour at a, at a Mexican restaurant. Like, you know, when like you taste it, it's like straight tequila at the bottom. You're just like, Oh, thank you. You just know me so well. Um, I will say I'm usually a more on the rocks and a frozen guy. Okay. I think the frozen usually it gives me the uh, brain freezes. I don't like those. It makes <laughs> hurt. Um, I also like the I forget the name of it. I think it's like Tahitian salt or something like that. It's like tahine. The, it's tahine. 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 It's like the spicy salt. Yes. Tahine, tahine gringo. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the tahine salt. I always love that on top of my marks. Okay. <laughs> also, complete side note. If you don't watch our YouTube, we now have videos. Everyone, like, we're trying to get more and more videos of, like, us talking versus, like, you know, B-roll and stuff. And we have a good time doing these. And if you watch this, we have, like, all, like, just lean back laughing, like, two or three <laughs> times to the point where it's just like, all right, no one's talking at this point. It's just us laughing. So if you want a good time, listen to us on YouTube because, you know, the video, the video there is funny. At least a little bit. We'll also post it on our socials so you don't like, subscribe, ring the bell. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah. And, see, look, ASMR Edison here, adding value. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, how do you take yours? Ah, man, I don't know. I like mine sweet because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite. Yeah, uh, the opposite like the of tequila in mine. Um, <laughs> I like flavored. Hide yeah. the tequila. Hide yeah. the tequila. I don't want to know what's there. I like mine. It, traditionally, it's with like orange juice as opposed to like Marg mix. It's like orange juice, lime juice, and um, tequila Ooh, mix. Like orange liqueur. Yeah. That's what and, I was saying in that article. When and that's I, how they started I off. personally like that better than like the mix type mm-hmm. of stuff. But doing that yourself is not only expensive, but also really hard to get the like measurements right. I'm sure I could find mm-hmm. something, but you know, why do that when they have a mix? Uh, <laughs> They've done it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a sugar or salt on the rim guy, Edison? That was going to be my next question. Uh, since I am typically a flavored margarita kind of guy, I also like it on the rocks. Um, I'd say probably strawberry is one of my favorites. And I think that sugar goes better with strawberry than salt. And after last week's podcast, you know, Edison and I like the bitchy sweet drinks. So <laughs> we are on brand hey, per man. usual. It's my, one of my favorite drinks of all time is strawberry lemonade. I, I love the way how sweet it tastes. So if somebody was just like, oh, strawberry margarita kind of tastes like strawberry lemonade. First off, no. Um, <laughs> like, but, you know, it was good enough. So I was like, all right. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wait, so it tastes like strawberry lemonade? And it gets you drunk. <laughs> Except Where do I sign? Where do I sign? I've got my million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever thought of this one. <laughs> Are All you right. a salt or sugar guy? I'm a salt guy. I like I like salty stuff over sugary stuff. Nice. I, I like that better. Um are you waiting for me to ask you? Are you a salt? No, I already said I'm a tahine guy. <laughs> oh, you're a yeah, I'm a tahine guy. If I had to choose, I'm actually usually choosing sugar. Uh-huh. You're so sweet. I am. Boom roasted. Sweet like sugar. <laughs> there you go. Did you just kiss? I kiss the mic. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> Edison. The, 
the wheels are off already, oh, ladies goodness. and gentlemen. Again, if you've made it this far, the wheels are off. And when that happens, you know, we're just... Yeah. <laughs> ASMR Edison at his finest. <laughs> the Team Raw podcast, the wheels are off already. All right, let's get back on track here. Let's break down... We are about halfway through both of these Western Conference finals, and I think we would be amiss about not at least kind of breaking them down, at least briefly. Let's first start with the West, because the East played tonight, and we'll end on that. Um, let's first start with the West. After the Clippers, they are a cockroach, and they cannot die. They refuse. They just, I have a I saying. Mean, they're annoying like a cockroach, I can tell you that much. I have a saying when I'm <laughs> in a situation where, you know, you're playing a game, and you're just like, delaying the inevitable and i always say i am a cockroach i cannot die and the clippers are embodying that saying right now they are just fighting and, and hats off to them i mean tyloo's doing a great job t- coaching you know playoff p is back and y- you've got it you've got to tip your hat to the role players patrick beverly playing very well reggie jackson Ballin. About to, about to get himself Bullin. about to get himself the Reggie back. Jackson is going to get the max from someone I don't know who but he's going to get a max contract just because of this playoffs he's yeah. doing the exact same thing he did with the Thunder when he like balled out for the Thunder and then the pace the Pistons are like oh he's a max guy can't wait to see which team just gives him the max next it'll be the, like, the magic <laughs> or something like that I saw a stat on the broadcast uh, last night where he has in you know couple hundred regular season games he has seven 20 point per games so he scored 20 points or more seven times in the entire regular season part of his career in 18 playoff games he scored 20 points per game nine times so in half of his playoff games he scored 20 points and he's only scored 20 points per game seven times in his entire regular season career big time player that is wild. (laughs) wait for the show (laughs) that's a guy who knows how to get paid (laughs) that is a guy who who sees an opening and is like, you know what? I can make money off of this. I was going to say, what was the, we'll have to start calling him Mr. June. I was going to say, wasn't the other Reggie Jackson, Mr. October? Something oh, like that, right? I love You're that. So right. <laughs> Mr. June. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But yes, Reggie Jackson playing very well. I mean, the Clippers, I, to break down the series a little bit more, the Suns are still up 3-2, but the Clippers are not going away. And a big win in Phoenix just uh, last night, just, like signifies this the way this Clippers team is resilient. How classic Chris Paul would it be if they lost? Oh my god! It's just like that is just the story of that guy's career. Like I'm rooting for the Suns. Like obviously, like Clippers are kind of oh you know I am guy. too. Yeah. Clippers are kind of a natural bad guy. Even though I did pick the Clippers to go to the finals, so for pride's sake, I'd be okay with them getting to the finals. <laughs> but everyone's rooting for the Suns. But how classic Chris Paul, just like the story of his career, if, they, if he ended up losing, being up 3-1 again. I mean, that would just be brutal. That would just... Well, I mean, I did you... I believe it was uh, Mark Stein um, who said that when they were at their... Either it was a post-game of Game 5 or just some of the like shoot-around availability, um, some people started talking about the NBA Finals with them up 3-1 to Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was having absolutely none of it. He was yeah. like, NBA Finals, like, we're not in the NBA Finals yet. What are we talking about the NBA Finals for? You know, whatever. Da, da, da. And he kind of was a little tongue-in-cheek about it. He's like, well, you know, was it for just like a mentality sake? Or, you know, maybe does he know the story of his career a little bit? And like this and that. And it absolutely would be classic Chris Paul. 
you know, if they found a way to eventually lose this series. Um, I think that if Scott Foster refs one of these next two games, you're going to get at least seven. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, we, we went on and on about this on the last pod. I don't think we need oh, to I heard. that horse. You guys went on a whole Scott Foster rant last time. I, uh, we're not oh, Scott Foster say, people here on the team. We're, we're not going to beat a get dead the hell horse. out. You're not a team morale guy. His children aren't Scott Foster people. They shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, it's, yeah. So, I mean, anything is possible. Um, that being said, like Mitch, I too am rooting for the Suns. Um, but whoever comes out of the East, I want them to beat the Suns uh, just because I don't want to see them win. I, I mean, there are rivals too, but not as much as the Clippers. And I would much rather prefer being able to say that the Clippers have still not made an NBA finals in their franchise history. Um, so lesser of two evils at this point. Yeah. I mean, the Suns are in a position. They, they, I mean, they're still in the driver's seat, right? They, they still just need to win one game and they need to muster up the ability to win one game. Chris Paul is playing at a career level, right? I mean, so they, I would still pick them to win it. I mean, but you you can't count out the Clippers in the way that, like, they're not officially ruling Kawhi out either. Like, the way the weird NBA season has gone so far, I could see, like, randomly one day Kawhi's like, you know what, I'm going to play. And next thing you know, Kawhi's on the court, and you're like, well, shit, now I've got the Clippers winning the whole damn thing. Um, so, it's interesting, yeah. though, because I don't know, just now based on my own scarred, like, NBA viewership, um, I don't know if they did list him as available, if it would be anything other than a decoy. I mean, exactly kind of like what we did with Anthony Davis, you know, like he's like, oh, yeah, he's healthy. He's going to play. Da, da, da. He's out there for five minutes and he's limping back to the bench. And I'm like, yeah, he was not ready to play. Um, so I think I would have to see it a bit for myself, you know, like really prove to me that he's fully 100 percent back because, I mean, those just uh, the. ACL is not something you mess with lightly and it just feels weird that they're treating it as lightly at the, as they are to this point. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, wrapping up this series on this end, I mean, Clippers are down two to three to the Suns. They are now going back to LA for game six um, in a big game for, if you're a Clippers fan, you know, obviously it's a must win game. If you're a Suns, I don't think you want to see a game seven. Because game sevens are where anything can happen. So I would consider this a must-win game for both teams. We'll see a crazy game tomorrow night. But I think we need to leave a decent amount of time to talk about the game tonight. The injury bowl. Where (laughs) Trey Young did not play. Giannis went out with an injury. The series is now tied 2-2 as the Hawks blow out the Milwaukee Bucks in a just explosive fashion. Not close. Uh, Without both superstars, but I will say the Bucks at least got Giannis for a half and still just got blown out of the water. They were down 10 when he went down. Like, they were down, like, 27, or they were down, like, in the 20s, and then they came back, and then he hyperextended the knee. So they were kind of coming back, but, yeah, it's 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 tough. It, not having Trey Young and not having Giannis, it, makes, it taints the series a little bit for me. It's just sad. Like, I'm it's fun watching all the role players step up. Like we're seeing big time plays from Kevin Herter and we're seeing 
Chris Middleton Avon actually go and be. <laughs> we're, see, yeah, we're seeing Chris Middleton go and step up and kind of like be like kind of almost like the star of the Bucks down the late game stretches of these games. Um, but this is one of the more fascinating conference finals I remember seeing. Yeah, th- there's just so much to unpack here. Where you know, especially with the injuries. I mean, the it's role player bowl. Mm-hmm. It's role player fest, right? I mean, a bunch of Robins running around doing their stuff. Um, so it'll be very game five will be so intriguing to me in a series tied two two. I've been the biggest proponent of the biggest game of in a four in a seven game se- series is game four because I think it's game four. Okay, because in a series that's two one, either a team wins and they go up three one. Right. And mm-hmm. at that point, the series is kind of deflated or we're tied and we're all knotted up going into game five. Right. And the Hawks won their must win game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Dominated. Again, going down 3 1 is, I mean, last, you know, uh, playoffs, it, it's not all she wrote, but I mean, psyche wise, it's a huge blow to go down 3 1 versus now we're knotted up. Right. Now we're tied up 2 2. Game five is huge. Now, I'm not belittling how big game five is going to be, but I, I'm trying to bring emphasis to how big this win was for the Hawks. It's huge, and it can't be overstated in the fact that it was huge, and you saw a guy step up. Um, but I, I do think I will agree with Mitch a little bit here, is that with these two stars being down, the series has definitely lost some watchability for me, if you know if watchability is a word. But it, it's – Harder to watch these two teams without their two marquee players. I mean, you would think that if you just looked at the others, right, as Shaq affectionately calls everybody who's not a superstar on the team, the others, um, you would have to say (laughs) (laughs) you would have to say that the others like it swings in the favor of the Bucks just on paper with Chris Middleton, with Drew Holiday with um i was gonna say who who's been hitting down some key shots pj tucker's been playing valuable minutes for that team brooke lopez i like milwaukee's others more than i like atlanta's others that being said they got blown out today and i think that obviously that points to the um value that Giannis brings this team uh, but you know, when, when other guys need to step up, you know, when you got to have that next man up mentality that everybody loves to say so much, it, it, the bucks didn't get it done today. And do I think that's going to be the story for the rest of the series? Time will tell, but I do think that if they look anything like they did tonight for the rest of the series, it's going to be a quick one from here on out. You know, it's funny that. I, I agree that on paper, the Bucks others are certainly the superior team. But the thing that I have taken from this run that the Hawks are on is that I vastly underestimated all of the others for the Hawks. Yeah, and, and they're fit. They're, yeah, like honestly, they lost Trey Young, but then they just bring in Lou Will, who doesn't do the same thing that Trey Young does, but effectively plays the same kind of style that Trey Young does. And then everyone else is still doing what they're doing and everyone else just kind of steps up and they got a lot of guys that are stepping up big time in these playoffs. Like you just need one of Capella, John Collins, Danilo, Bogdanovich, Herter, 
Cam Reddish. You just need, will. you need one of those. You need like maybe one or two of those guys to like step up, and any of those guys really can in a given night. Yeah, and and and, and that brings me to my point where if both those these guys are out for a significant time, meaning Trey Young and Giannis, um, I don't know if I go with the Bucks over the Hawks' others. I take the home team. I think this is, this is a series where the home team is going to having home court advantage when you're a team of others is huge, at least in my opinion, where I think home court is, especially now that you're getting fans back in the building, monumental in this series, which yes, favors the Bucks, But I mean, yeah, if, if Treyon can come back and let's say Giannis is more hurt than we were leading alluding to, like it could be, it's still, I mean, it's a tied series. It's, it's right. still anybody's game. The Hawks will not go away. <laughs> they won't. No. I, I kind of love it. How could you yeah. not? It's, it's, it's not? hard not to. I mean, and exactly what we were talking about earlier. Um, Lou will is that guy that you need. He's that guy. He's you're like, all right, get me a bucket from wherever. Go get me a bucket. The Bucks have that guy, bucket a professional bucket getter. I'm saying the Bucks have their bucket getter in Chris Middleton. He can go and get you a bucket. You know, three point mid range attack the basket. He can get you a bucket. It's gonna come down to just whose shots are falling on any given night. And like Ethan said, home court is big, but it can also be flipped in the sense that, like, as a visiting team. There's nothing more satisfying than silencing a home crowd and how big of a momentum shift that is to have a building go from rocking and, you know, very loud, a tough environment to be to you going on a little run. And all of a sudden, like Trey Young said, it's quiet as fuck in here. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a big deal. And it, it's anything can Anything can shift. It's it's going to be, in my opinion, a series of momentum swings. And whichever side that, uh, you know, momentum ends up being on for the longest, it, when you take out your two key superstars, that's kind of what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And, you know, basketball is a game of runs. That's just how it is, how it operates. And uh, speaking of how things are and how they they operate, we are coming down to the end of this podcast. A couple of seamless transitions here. Oh, look at you. <laughs> that one was much better than your first one. They should one. pay you to do this. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> but that wraps up this podcast. Shout out to ASMR Edison for joining us today. Again, comment a better name, but I'm trying to I'm trying to roll with it for now. Until until someone beats it. He is ASMR Edison, a tall guy. I like I like ASM Edison more than ASMR Edison. That one rolls ASM a little Edison. bit more. I like that one better. We'll you said people. that one first. You said that one first. We'll let the people decide. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but tall guy, welcome back on another podcast. Margaritas, just in general. It's a classic. Just, just, in, a, just, just a classic. We're not thanking anybody. It's something you can have in California and Texas, anywhere you're at, as long yep. as you have tequila and mixes. Good times. And good times. Tequila. We're not even pretending to be snobby on this one. Just straight tequila <laughs> and Mark mix. <laughs> this one went off the rails early. At, Love uh, it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to end off the rails. Well, cheers, everyone, and go have a margarita. Again, if you made it this far, you earned a margarita. Pat yourself on the back. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>